Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Geoff Lacey. And I'm Claire Venice. We're outdoors in a new space. And talking to the next generation of podcasters in this week's Peapod. If you love Petersfield... I love the square. The hangers. The open-air swimming pool. Lots of fun shops. Then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod with Claire Venice and Geoff Lacey. Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. This week we're enjoying a new open space at the studio on the Petersfield School campus. Manager of the studio, Sean Ridley, tells us more about this versatile space and what we can look forward to seeing in 2022. We also meet some of the members of the regenerated TPS Radio Club just after their first podcast has been published. John Walker from the Petersfield Post brings you this week's local news and Susie is near Sky Park Farm with the wrong footwear on her wild walk. Silly Susie. We end the people with local artist James Joe and his latest song, Here to Stay. The P stands for Petersfield. I think it's an amazing place to live. The Peapod. Hi, Geoff. Hello, Claire. How are you? I'm all right. All <laughs> right, thanks. And you? Yes, not too bad. Now, we've moved our... Um, Peapods to fortnightly. Mm-hmm. We recorded our interviews at the, at the studio a week ago Friday, and it was bitterly cold, wasn't it? It was really cold. I mean, I know we've talked about <laughs> recent Peapods being cold, but I think that one that one takes the biscuit, Joel. So we've tried to recreate uh, our, our chat. Um, so we're meeting on a Saturday afternoon. We're outside just to try and recreate that, that cold feeling that we had a couple of weeks ago. I mean, luckily, it's not as cold, though, is it? It's a dull grey January afternoon, but it's not as freezing as it was that <laughs> Friday at TPS. So, Claire, how's the last two weeks been for you? <sighs> um, I've been a bit accident-prone. Have you? Yeah. What have you done? I... <laughs> Talk us I through it. fell up the stairs, which I don't think I've ever done anything like that before, but I fell... Well, I tripped right. as I was going up the stairs. Dry January, not happening? I don't know. It doesn't anyway, but it wasn't because of that. I was carrying a Henry Hoover, right. as you do, um, and I just tripped as I was going round the sort of corner of our stairs and, and fell and landed right on it, on my left side. Ouch. Um, and really damaged my ribs. Um, yeah. So I think that luckily they're not broken um, and they're not fractured, but I have got inflamed muscle oh on the left side of my rib cage. It's so really painful. Is it getting any better? I think it is. Right. I'm taking quite a few painkillers now. Right. Um, I wasn't initially thinking, oh, silly thing, it'll, it'll get better. <laughs> and about 10 days later, it didn't. So I popped to minor injuries. And yeah. thank you very much to everyone there because it's such a fantastic, we're so lucky to have that here. And they very kindly just checked me out and, and said, take some more painkillers. And, and that's got better. But it, everything you do, yeah. basically, you know, involves your ribs <laughs> almost. And it, it just hurts. So you've not done any running? Haven't been able to run. Because we... we discussed last time that I was going to be doing the Great South Run and you had a little hint a little twinkle in the eye that you think might be up for that challenge. <laughs> Have you thought any more about it? I think the twinkle is gone. <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, you're doing far more running and exercise than me at the moment, which is, you know, a bit of a role reversal, I think. George. I think it is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. How, how's your running going? Well, um, as you know, I signed up to run, jog, walk, two marathons in total in the whole of January. And I actually achieved it on Thursday the 20th. Brilliant. So it's been mainly walking, but I've done, I've run, so of the 52 miles, 20 of it has been running and jogging, which I'm pretty impressed with. So I've, I've decided that I'm going to try and do another 26 miles between now, which is Saturday the 22nd, and um, the end of the month, which means that's quite a tall order. That is. But uh, How I'm, does that break down? How are you going to work Well, I've got a couple of walks planned, so they'll be about... 15 miles in total so over the next week just over a week i've got to run at least 11 miles 11 miles and i'm sure i I can get to five just under 5k now which isn't too bad um that's really great going yes and um, i'm raising money for prostate cancer and i'm I'm gonna take this opportunity to thank everyone who's uh, donated to so far i set an initial goal of 100 pound uh just because just to test the water, it wasn't, it's mainly for me that I was doing this. And as at this weekend, I've raised £560. That's brilliant. Which uh, I just want to thank everyone so much for. Uh, donations, 
I, I will gladly be accepted. So if anyone wants to uh, donate to prostate cancer, uh, get in touch. You can get hold of us on WhatsApp, which is 01730 Nicely remembered. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, That's Claire, great, Geoff. Well done. Thank you. What about your plans for February, though? How are you going to keep the momentum up? Uh, I don't... Well, I know it's something I've got to do and I want to do. So I will just... Uh, it'll, be, it'll be harder. I know it'll be harder because I'm not doing it for a particular reason except myself and I always find I always struggle to self-motivate myself to do mm. things mm -hmm. but in the back of my mind I'm desperate to do the Great South Run again I know that's October but I want to be, I want to be able to run 10k by the end in one go in by the end of February which is six miles yeah okay so that's good. that's my next goal it's good to have goals I think that's yes. absolutely right you've got to have something to work towards otherwise pff, it's yeah, hard isn't it that, it is mm. it is so Claire we went to a the studio, mm -hmm. TPS studio, a couple of weeks ago. What did you think of their new outdoor space? I think it's, well, it's almost doubled the size that they mm. have there, hasn't it, really? It's it's incredible. I, obviously hard this time of year to utilise it to its full potential, but you can definitely see in the summer, you know, it being used for all sorts of events. Um, it's great. And Sean sounds so excited, doesn't he, when we when we interviewed him. He's got so many plans mm -hmm. uh, for, for the studio and for the school, which is, is, is great. Yeah, and it is such a versatile space. You know, used, like you said, both the school and the public. Um, and with the Petersfield Festival Hall at the moment still being, you know, used for vaccinations. It's, it's a fantastic alternative, isn't it? Yes, so this would have been, so we're recording this Saturday, 22nd of January. This would have been, I wouldn't have been able to do the people of this afternoon because if the panto had still been ahead, because this would have been our last two shows. <sighs> so, uh... This time next year. This time next year. It'll be worth it. It'll be a thinner nurse, Nelly, uh, wearing a skimpy little number rather than a... Uh... <laughs> nurse Nelly on her holidays. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm picturing uh, a nurse Nelly as though she was in, carry -on, in a carry-on film. <laughs> Are you trying to sell more tickets or put people off, Chuff? <laughs> <laughs> now there's an image <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that'll brighten your January <laughs> so Claire, we're, we're back at yours recording yeah. we're in your garden mm -hmm. and we're overlooking Langrish and you actually had a pheasant in your garden when I walked through is that a common, common yeah. thing? yeah it is we often get pheasants visiting they seem to like to hang out here and have a bit of a party and i think they sort of they hide away from when <laughs> when the shooting's going on <laughs> but i gotta say lovely views yeah and uh, yeah it's nice it's not so nice obviously this time of year compared <laughs> to sort of july yes I've, yeah, we I've, I've, as we're in the country i've gone with my best tweed and a nice trilby you're blending in blending in <laughs> 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 and I think that image will move on. <laughs> As you know, we love to hear from you. So if you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hello, please do get in touch. We're on 01730 555 500 for a call or a WhatsApp or email team at shineradio.uk. Coming up, we'll find out what's the hot ticket in town at the TPS studio. But first, here's John Walker with the latest local news. Hello, John. How are you? Uh, very well, thank you. You caught me on the hot there a little bit. I was just having a quick puff on my cigarette, but never mind. Yeah, very well, thank you. And it's been a couple of weeks since we discussed all the news for in and around Petersfield. What have you been up to? Well, just digressing slightly, I had a great day in London yesterday. Ended up in a small pub in what is a supporters area for Millwall, which is very good. But what surprised me it was, uh, was the prices of the beer. <laughs> it's central London, pretty much. And it was cheaper than they were in Petersfield. I mean, how does that work then? No idea, John. No idea. So, what's happened in and around the Petersphere? I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> I knew you were going to do this. Um, well, Saga, East Hampshire District Council rumbles on. There is a planning application going in for the um, Festival Hall improvements of 13 million. They reckon that that'll be in by March this year. So, they're basically on the verge of doing it which I think is, well, it's a decision made, whether we think it is or they tell us it is or it isn't. The fact that they're applying for planning permission obviously shows intent, and planning permissions last for two years, and then you have to renew it. And um, 
the renewal is basically you, you say nothing's changed, I want to do exactly the same things for the same reasons and East Hampshire District Council will, or should, just rubber stamp it, let you have it for another two years. But I think the, it's not a worrying thing, I suppose, well it could be, but obviously the council's intent is if the money's available to spend thirteen million on doing up the festival hall. So I don't know what to say. You know, where's that gonna leave us? Where's it gonna leave you in your Andram role? Who knows, John? But um it's great, John, that the Festival Hall is gonna be coming back into public use. That was one of your that was your story from last week, I believe. Yeah, that's right. I mean it is. It's um by the end of February it should all be back to normal at the Festival Hall to a certain extent. They'll be renting it back out. There are events booked in there. Unfortunately, not your panto job. Doesn't matter, John. It gives me another 11 months to get properly fit again and get into the nice dresses that they've made for me. So take the wind out of my sails, to be fair. Not, you know, I have to say, Joff, in the cold light of day, sober, the vision of you in a dress is not something that appeals particularly. But there we go. I have heard you make a, a witty widow twanky. Very much. <laughs> but yeah, the festival hall is returning to um, use as it was before. The, uh, the vaccination and booster programme, as everybody's aware, is being wrapped up. Our Prime Minister has decided that everything must return to normal. Nothing's happened, nothing to see here. Move along, please, back to normal. We shall see. And any other news grabbed you recently? Uh, well, there's, there's a lot of shops that are empty in the town that are in the process of um, being smartened up, ready to let, or have been let, uh, have been empty long term. I think it's going to be interesting to see after April what happens then with the power prices going up, council tax is going to go up and so on and so forth, where these empty shops, whether they'll be taken or whether they'll be joined by more empty shops as people decide it's, it's not worth the game. They've been crying for some time. I don't mean crying as in tears, I mean crying as in asking, sorry, for more government support for businesses. Um, And I think we might see, by the end of April, mid-March, a few more empty shops in the town, which will be a real shame, because in previous economic downturns, recessions, Petersfield has survived fairly well, but I think this one may be, you know, people's not called it a recession but it clearly has been a recession with the fact that everything's been closed no money earned i think this time around petersfield might join the rest of the country and suffer and on in a similar vein i see the scaffoldings come down on the apartments and the new potential retail places in dolphin court yeah they're virtually complete now there's um what they call a topping out ceremony for uh, builders will be smiling about that and remembering days gone by when topping out ceremonies involved all the builders on the job drinking lots of beer and going to the pub (laughs) these days it involves the mayor cutting a ribbon and um, saying I declare these flats open which has happened they're pretty much complete around there I guess in the next couple of months they'll be fully opened and um, up for rent and it'll be interesting to see where the dragon's gone that was going to be my next question because I believe the dragon had to stay in some some format or another yeah, one of the agreements of the planning permission was that the uh, Petersfield Dragon, which for those of you who don't know, was a, a mosaic dragon with um, all the uh, interesting parts of Petersfield on it. And um, it was designed by children from the infant school many years ago, refined by a local artist and then built and put on the wall that overlooks Dragon Street and one of the planning permission conditions was that that dragon was saved. Well, nobody will know whether it's been saved and is still there until the boards around the <laughs> development come down. Um, I suspect we'll see that it's gone, but let's, let's hope it hasn't. Yes, and here's hoping that's the case, John. And anything to finish on? Uh, yeah, the sports clubs in Petersfield seem to be having... The rugby club seems to be having a great season. The football club, not such a great season, although I think manager Mark Summerhill at Petersfield Football Club, or Petersfield Town Football Club, as it's known, rams the rams to its supporters. I think he's done a magnificent job this season rebuilding his squad, and he's he's holding the team mid-table. It seems that the support base, or supporter base, is growing. I think he's doing a really good job there with support from the club committee and um, the town juniors set up so I hope they get to the season you know mid-table or just above and that they can go into next season perhaps with a settled squad and um, 
maybe push on a bit and, and finish higher up the table, maybe even look for promotion. Mark Somerville is a, Summerhill, sorry, is a very um, pragmatic guy, and his heart is in Petersfield. There's no doubt about that. I think he's a, a good manager and he's a great ambassador for the club. So um, it's normally the kiss of death for managers when somebody <laughs> says something like this, isn't it? <laughs> yes, he's had the John Walker vote of confidence. And I see the the rugby club are doing, or the first team are doing, been quite successful in their league. Yeah, I mean, they're currently second. They've been having a tit-for-tat season with Weybridge Vandals. Um, although, to be fair, Petersfield have had the best of it up until now. They've been top and Weybridge Vandals have been pushing them from second. I think there's uh, there's no league points between them. They've got exactly the same number of league points. And on Saturday, Weybridge, for the first time, went top of the league on points difference after um, Petersfield's game was curtailed last uh, Saturday um, following a nasty injury on the pitch. Um, and although Petersfield technically won it, they didn't um, score enough points in the time they played to uh, stay on top of the table but I think it's it's, it's great for the rugby club um, that they're in a position where they could be looking at promotion whether they'll want it or not it's not a matter because it's a costly business going up a league but again Petersfield Rugby Club uh, is run by a group of people who are Petersfield through and through but like any successful club it's attracted players from far and wide so it's not necessarily a Petersfield living first team but the club is definitely town orientated and I think that's fantastic we've got these two in their own different ways thriving sports institutions and of course there's talk of a new sports hub at Penn's Place where the football club and the town juniors and the rugby club and the table tennis club and so on will all end up in uh, in a few years time admittedly it's only on the wish list at the moment but everybody seems to be excited about the idea and, and behind it I think it'd be a great thing to be able to go down there on a Saturday and you know, wander around, look at a bit of rugby, watch a bit of football, whichever you want, even take up table tennis. And who knows, they might even get the hockey club down there as well. And uh, I think the cricket club have got pitches over the back of the Penn's Place offices and maybe they'll be moved out onto the uh, central playing field area as well. And it would just be a real sporting asset for the town, I think. But as I say, at the moment, that's... It's a wish list. It, it's on the council's bits of paper of things they'd like to do. If the town council, who owns the Penn's Place playing fields, has any money left after the festival hall spending spree, we might get a sporting hub down there. But just to put it in a bit of context, I guess that the festival hall would probably see, I don't know, up to five to 8,000 visitors a year if it becomes a professional venue whereas the two sporting clubs in the team, in the town, sorry, the town juniors, Petersville Football Club, Petersville Rugby Club and their youth section probably attracts getting on for a 1,000 people a weekend and which one's getting the £13 million spent on it. Brilliant, John. Thank you very much indeed, as always. I'll see you very soon. Yeah, I believe it's in a fortnight's time, Geoff. But I dare say we might have to meet up next Sunday just for a reflective pint. Perfect. See you then. The Peaceful Post is out every Wednesday and now costs 90 pence. So please get one with your weekly shop or subscribe to the digital version. Now, Claire, hopefully we're going to be gracing the pages of the Peaceful Post very soon, aren't we? I hope so, if John Walker decides to put us in there. Yeah, Claire and I met with John a couple of weeks ago, so look out for that. It's been a while since we were last at the TPS studio. In fact, it was for our 50th Peapod. We're now recording number 116 this Oh, really? Week, yeah, we Blimey. are. And a lot's changed since our last time here, the evening, that evening in October 2019. Well got out there, Claire. <laughs> this eclectic studio space can be used for student performances, professional theatre shows, cinema screenings, music concerts and more. And now there's a new outdoor space too. And I've got to say, Claire, we're recording this on a Friday evening and it's bitterly cold. But manager Sean Ridley is here to let us know what 2022 has in store. Hello, Sean. How are you? Hello, Geoff. Good to see you. And you, Claire. Hi, Sean. It's lovely to have you back. So it's been 14 months since we were last here. We've had another couple more lockdowns. How's it been for you? 
I, I, I can't say it's been brilliant fun, <laughs> um, to be honest. Uh, you know, what the, when we had the um, Peapod's 50th here and we had live music for the first time, and goodness knows how long, it was absolutely wonderful. Um, and then to shortly after shut down again uh, regrettably um, over Christmas when the tier system came in that was quite a bitter pill to swallow but we, we've kept fighting we've kept going um, we've pulled full steam ahead into our building our outdoor theatre um, and we've been programming in various events and expanding uh, the, the type of event that comes here so we've, we've even had things like wrestling drop in and that was hugely popular was it really so, yes incredibly it, popular because i remember i remember we actually had wrestling in the town hall in the late 80s and big daddy came along no he was <laughs> really he did yeah <laughs> fantastic it was i never i won't forget getting a text from a senior technician going can you just pop in and see this because you won't believe what i'm seeing and i walked in and there's a bloke in latex just screaming at the audience and everyone was going, yes brilliant i was honestly best day now i know uh, uh, the festival hall's been out of action for for a while, and you were able to host uh, a Winton Players production. Yes, uh, so with the the festival hall being used primarily for vaccinations, um, the the thought came about is why don't we go to the studio because we've got the new seating um, that came in just before lockdown, um, and and various other facilities, and we're we're back as a professional theatre now. That's that is my my sole goal is to make this place a professional theatre full time, as it were. Um, and uh, the Winton Players came along and said, you know, can can you host us for a smaller scale? production um it wasn't without its battles because you know the building hadn't been used extensively for so long um but we had an absolutely fantastic time the wintons were brilliant they built a fantastic set and they really did show just what we can do in this wonderful studio theater it might not be the biggest theater but my word when you do use it the right way it's fantastic you had brilliant sets brilliant design and the wintons were brilliant and we are really looking forward to having them back next year Oh, good, good news. It is, it, as you said, it is a really versatile space. And as Joff mentioned at the beginning, we're stood outside in your new area, just outside the studio. And it's quite an unusual structure, Sean. Tell us more yes. about it. So uh, this, this structure is, is built by um, Aura. And they, uh, it's a completely new design. Um, so the, it's our outdoor theatre space. Um, we will primarily use it for uh, as a foyer um, for when we've got shows in the main house because our foyer is quite small. Um, it, but it will have an outdoor bar area. It's about to be fully lit um, with some wonderful LED lighting that's going to be coming in uh, as well. And it will also be used for outdoor theatre productions. It's already had its first theatre production out here. Um, the finale of the premiere performance, the Year 7 premiere performance was out here this year um, and it was wonderful it really introduced the parents to what we do so we led everybody out at the end of the premiere performance for the finale out here and the year sevens were singing and the parents were all grouped together and it was wonderful just a wonderful evening um, and to see theatre back and to see the students enjoying this wonderful space was was marvellous um, so long may it continue and you know we've now increased our capacity and scope for the venue so if you want to do like a, an evening show or a plane under the stars or something like that you can do that out here although i wouldn't necessarily recommend it in say february um but it, it's uh, it's um, in the summer it's going to be amazing i'm picturing yeah, i'm picturing shakespeare <laughs> yeah, yeah. midsummer night's dream anybody you know perfect so how many does this, the studio hold so the studio itself holds 170 um the outdoor theater it, it is mix and match we've got some seating coming in um, a wonderful chap called uh, Stuart Barden has, has helped us put the bids together to get these this theatre built. Um, it's it's a completely, I say, unique design. Um, it's the first time Aurora have ever attempted something like this, and it's been pulled off marvellously. Um, but there's going to be some seating arrangements. We're going to go amphitheatre style as it's as it's standard, but there will also be rate seating coming in as well. But the main house is 170. And what have you got lined up in 2022? Oh, good Lord. I'm going to refer to my list now. No, that's fair enough. <laughs> good that there is a list, actually. Sean. Uh, yeah, really good. Yeah. If you'd have said one thing, we thought... <laughs> I'm prepared for this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if anyone wants to book the theatre... Um, right, so... Um, so actually, we we have uh, we kick off the Petersfield Music Festival um, on the sixth of February with the uh, Michael Hurd Fund for Young Musicians Festival. It's uh, young composers. That's the very first thing that Petersfield Music Festival does this year, um, and it's going to be kicking off here. Um, but then after that, we have a return of the wrestling due to popular <laughs> demand on the on the twelfth. 
And then a couple of school events. And then uh, we've actually got another back by popular demand group, Rocket Mania, who came in and did a wonderful night of Elton John songs. And the amount of people that emailed me after seeing the videos that went out going, oh, my Lord, I'm so so gutted I missed it they're back on the 4th of March so we're really looking forward to having those guys back we have actually their promo video was filmed here so there you're going to see them in the situ that you see them on on the internet with um, but then we do have return of uh, some of our school events such as the open mics the music ensembles evening honestly they're well worth coming in they're only two three pounds to get into but they are really wonderful and, and the money that we get from those events goes straight back into the school to help enhance the the student experience here including though on one of those event evenings the 31st of March we have the world famous Sid Lawrence Orchestra coming into this theatre and they are going to be inviting members of the TPS music department to join the band so not only will the band be doing a gig as they would do anywhere around the world which they do quite frequently they are inviting members of our music department our student community to join the band for the evening and get a wonderful experience of being part of a professional world famous band um and chris dean who is the the leader of the sid lawrence orchestra um he said that if any of the students are confident and up for doing one of the solos they're they're going to do it they're not going to have the band doing it they will step aside and let the students take over so if the students want to really they're confident to take the solos and i know a couple of them are Mm -hmm. um then they will take the solos and chris is going to teach them himself and, and rehearse with them and, and give them a really big experience. It's a huge, huge thing that we're doing. I've been really keen to do it, and I'm so pleased the, the SLO are going to be coming in to do it. And how, how's that come about? So over lockdown, incidentally, um, when the building was dark and I was sat on my own in the 170 seats, I got a basically LinkedIn. So, uh, Chris Dean himself messaged me on LinkedIn, me being a huge fan of SLO, um, thanks to my granddad, um, bit over the moon i got that message out of the blue but he said can we come in and, and use the facility for filming because it's dark they came in and did some promotional material which they've we we filmed for them and i edited and um spent a couple of days with chris going through all that and they've done all this promotional material because the band not gigging um wanted to keep their presence and show people they're still around and the band came in filmed and then they said well we want to do a performance here and we love the ethos of the school already. Just walking around, you can tell the staff want to give the students everything they can. What if we did a collaboration with the students? And that was how it came about. So That's an amazing opportunity. Uh, but I, I, can I show my ignorance here? I've never heard of them. What type of music do they play? Oh, so they are a big band. So, um, so Glenn Miller, that sort oh, right, of thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. In the Mood, they do lots of In the Mood for Miller shows. So a lot of the band do, do film scores, but when they, so they come together as part of their show, they do, they do a fantastic James Bond medley, which I'm begging Chris to do, because it's, it's one of the best pieces of music I've heard. Chris is also a solo artist as well. He does a lot of stuff himself, but he's one of the, known as one of the best trombone bonus in the world um and various band members have done you've heard them you will have heard them um and they come together sid lawrence obviously is no longer with us um but chris leads his band and they carry on and they, honestly if you want a fantastic evening of music that's the one to go to because it's not just your classic glenn millers they do all sorts of big band they even do some modern stuff with a big band twist it's brilliant how many are actually in the band then do you know um, oh, there's about 30 of them. Wow. There's, it's an incredible yeah. band. And I tell you, when we set up for the filming, um, none of them had played together for eight months. Um, and they came in, Chris said, and said just, um, Chris went to the front and said, let's go, let's do Sting 3 or whatever. And they played this music and it hit me like a train. I went flying and it genuinely brought a tear to my eye because having heard no live music since the Peapod, incidentally, in October... Before that, eight months later, I've got the band I saw age 10 with my granddad playing music right in front of me in the venue I manage. And it, it really, it, I'm a little bit emotional about it now because um, I did lose my grandfather back in the last year. So it, to have them playing here a gig, honestly, dream come true. I can't believe it. Because music's always been very big at the school. So I remember I was a member of the, the brass band, the dance band and, and the orchestra back in, back in the 80s. But it really has moved to the next level here with this the studio and everything else, isn't it? Yeah, so, um, you know, the studio being built in 2005, um, it was the next level. It was We got performing arts status. Um, we've done all sorts of productions. We still do the, a production at, a, at the New Theatre Royal every two years. Um, this year, we're not going to be able to do that because 
restrictions so we are doing TPS at the West End instead it's a compilation show happening in the main house here at the studio um, with the aim to do a, a new Theatre Royal show maybe next year or even the year after depending on when we're allowed to um, we're looking into the rights for different musicals now for the next big show um, but it really does run through the ethos of this school um, the, the performing arts faculty are absolutely superb the, the way they work how hard they work not just the performing arts department in terms of um, drama and dance but also the music department work hard and to see how hard everybody works um, to pull together to do even just the year seven premier performances you know we treat every single show as a west end show we aim to give them nothing but the best experience on stage and off and we have student technicians as well so those of you who aren't necessarily into doing the on-stage stuff and being the star of the show we have student technicians that come from the every year group now uh, not just the year 11 prefects but every year group um year eight year nine year tens um ollie um who's part of the radio club is, is one of those year 10 students who came forward and said i want to get involved how do i do that and he's with us nearly every show now um volunteering and you know those students that get that opportunity not just on stage but backstage on the tech they then, at the end of their time here, may have the opportunity to join us for work. They, my whole team here at the studio are former students that have come through the ranks. So we don't want to be on stage, but actually I really like the idea of lighting and sound. And we give that experience. Every student has the opportunity here. And that is really right through the core here. The performing arts faculty, I might say it because I sit with them or in their building all the time and manage their building for them, but they genuinely are the heart of this school. It's really heartening to hear all that, Sean, and also to hear how many productions you've got coming up just in the next sort of two, three months, really, after the last couple of years that we've all been through. Um, thanks so much for telling us all about it. How can people purchase tickets if they'd like to come to one of the performances? So tickets are on sale on the studio's website, uh, which is thestudiotps.com. Um, we also have a box office based in One Tree Books on Lavent Street. So if you want to, if you don't want to do anything online, because I know there are a few people that are technophobes, um, then uh, head on down to uh, One Tree Books and stop off and get a coffee while you're there because they've got a wonderful little uh, new cafe that's opened in there as well, which I've definitely not taken advantage of um, <laughs> too often. So yeah, um, do do make sure you head down and pop there. And there's a, there's a wide range of shows, including some premieres that may have been delayed um due to covid sadly but they are coming there's uh, there's two particular operation santa which is coming back this november after a year's delay but it's it's just unfortunate uh, and also michelle mcgorian's sea change so there's another michelle mcgorian musical is coming here as well next year and finally have you got any if you could book one act what who would it be Oh, good Lord. Um, <laughs> living or dead? Is that... Oh, no, it's got to be living. Oh, that's I'll a shame. Have to come and, I want to buy purchase tickets. Um, you want to purchase tickets? Um, do you know what? I'm going to go rogue here. If I could book any act, living or dead, it would be The Three Phantoms, um, which comprises um, mainly of John Owen Jones, Earl Carpenter, and occasionally Simon Bowman. Um, or James Hume um, when he steps in as well, um, simply because if you want to hear musical theatre songs done by three tenor and baritones who can sing absolutely superbly and it sounds ridiculous like in terms of how amazing it is and heartfelt and full of soul, then that's the show you want. I Honestly, I'd love to have the three of them down here. Um, I know Earl is local, um, so hopefully he's listening. Please give me a call. <laughs> Sean, thank you very much for hosting this week's Peapod. All the very, very best for 2022. Thank you. Likewise. Susie wears the wrong boots and suffers the consequences in her wild walk this week. sort of squelching noises it's because I've made a grave error and this week's wild walk is from I don't know what to call it I suppose going to Sky Park 
but from sort of the opposite Daly Marsh Farm route. And I thought it would have dried up with all the frosts we've been having and so on. But it hasn't. And I haven't got um, my boots, my Wellington boots on. Rain is going to look like a mud dog at the end of this. In fact, she already does. And although it is the most splendid afternoon, I want you to picture me mud skating because I'm in the wrong shoes. Oh, dear. But it's completely impossible for me to ever turn back. I've just got this ridiculous thing, but I hate doing that. So Rain and I will stream on, won't we? She's loving it, of course. No coincidence that we're not seeing a soul. But anyway, a Chinook went over. I was just getting my phone out, so I I missed that extreme thing that I wanted to share with you, which is that as it's sort of in the distance and you can't see it. Um, But I I hope I've got enough of it. And um, I'm just looking up pools now. I'm just looking at the plants that are coming up. I think they're either peas or possibly broad beans. But that's wonderful to see these optimistic little green shoots coming up through this ghastly mud and it's just one of those afternoons that's very still apart from um i don't know if you can hear there's a sort of a tractor noise so we'll probably have that delight as well but just when i think the water temperature is slightly higher than the air and so very very light steam it looks like coming up from the river and a blue sky with a single contrail that looks as if it's just like a a rocket going straight up. And obviously it won't be, it'll be coming along. But that's actually, that's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, she's looking happy. So this bit's a little bit drier, Uh, not too bad at all. So on um, Saturday, I met a friend and we went to Iping Common. So there's a, a little heads up there that I thought that would be better as well. But we were really up to our hocks in very icy water. And her golden retriever, I'm afraid to say, was a black retriever by the end of it. Um, And I felt a bit guilty because my black Labrador obviously doesn't show it anyway, but they are Teflon dogs. And most of it all just sort of falls off. Ooh! (laughs) If you rub her, if you heard that, that was me nearly doing a complete perler on mud oh rain what am i doing this is hilarious i'm going to put my phone away now that was a bit of classic frost pocket so it was extremely slippery wrong shoes um and uh and sort of so the underneath ground is solid and the top is very slippery so i think if you're at all unsteady on your pins don't do this walk I'm going to put my phone away now because this could be catastrophic and I'm sorry if my shriek split your eardrums. But otherwise, this is just the most lovely walk. Winter trees, I was just going to say, is I just love them so that you can see that wonderful structure against the sky. I may, hopefully, not break a leg. But I just wanted to share with you the fact that I'm looking across the field now where the plants are higher uh, and it's a type of beet, judging from the thing. But above there's a sort of bosky wood and above it are clouds of sort of a, a smoke of, I would think, starlings. Maybe rooks, but they're flying so beautifully. It's like, um, it's like Brighton Pier, actually. It's just swooping swirling come this way and it's absolutely lovely um and my fears i also wanted to say were ungrounded and the field that has a really lovely oak tree in it is actually not as bad as that first field um there's a lot of straw that's just down and uh and it's okay so i'm now really glad i've come this way and seen those birds And that shape I was saying about winter trees is absolutely stunning. So it's just gorgeous. The 
the beet leaves are a very, very vibrant green against a very blue sky. And the sun is just beginning to go down over milky downs. So all is well, my listeners. Have a lovely week. You can listen to more of Susie's Wild Walks at shineradio.uk. And if you'd like to volunteer at Shine Radio, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us or send us a WhatsApp message on 01730 or pop an email to team at shineradio.uk. Coming up, we meet the fresh new voices of the Peatsville School's new radio club. But first, here's our latest What's On guide full of events taking place in the Petersphere. The Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere? It's Ian Crosman's 150th Brighter Minds Quiz next weekend on Sunday the 30th of January. Tune in to shineradio.uk at 9pm to listen and take part. Congratulations, Ian. Beedells is hosting a production of Here's What She Said to Me, combining drama with music, poetry and movement to tell a moving story of three generations of proud African women braving life with hope, optimism and resilience. With an age guidance of 15 plus, the production takes place on February the 8th and tickets can be purchased from Beedells Events website. Sky Park Farm is holding their first ever dinner series on Friday the 11th of February. The evening starts at 6.30pm with a glass of fizz, followed by a five-course tasting menu, celebrating local suppliers, produce and vineyards. Tickets are £85 per person and to book, go to skyparkfarm.com. The Peatsfield Lions Club and Prostate Cancer Support Organisation are hosting a PSA test event at the Peatsfield Festival Hall on Saturday the 12th of February between 10am and 2.45pm. Go to psatesting.org, select Find a Testing Event and enter Petersfield for more details and to book your slot. Tickets are still available for Strange Fruit Jazz Club's upcoming event when Anton Brown plays at Gallery Number 30. Taking place on February the 18th from 7pm until 10.30pm, tickets are from £18 with the option to purchase drinks and nibbles too. For more info, go to strangefruitjazz.com. Save the Children will be holding their big sale event at the Tithe Barn in Ditcham this year. Taking place from Monday the 21st of February with a fashion show and continuing with the sale on Tuesday the 22nd and Wednesday the 23rd. For tickets to the fashion show, contact Prue Rushmere at prue.prp at sky.com. If you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. With a brighter mix of music, local news and weather, there's also a wide variety of programmes to choose from. You can now listen to January's episode of Growing Together. Claire bids a fond farewell to Anne-Marie Powell and gives a warm welcome to your friend and mine, new co-presenter Steve Amos, chair of the Adhurst Estates Allotment. With an optimistic gardening outlook for 2022, Growing Together has lots of seasonal gardening chat and advice. To listen to Growing Together and other programmes, tune in to shineradio.uk, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you're running an event, get it in the guide. Just email pod at thepeapod.uk. Despite the lockdowns and disrupted school days, a group of enthusiastic students at TPS have managed to give new life to the school's radio club, recently releasing the school's first ever podcast. The Perfect Sound podcast was broadcast live to the school students on campus at the end of last term, and plans are already in action for this term's episode. We're now joined by members of the radio club to tell us more. Please introduce yourself and tell us what you do at The Perfect Sound. So, hi, I'm Ollie, and I do most of the editing slash technical side of the radio. Hi, I'm Nina, and I help uh, bring together all the different interviews that we do on the podcast. Exciting stuff. So, how did it all come together? So, when I first joined the school, I was really interested in radio. So, I joined, Miss Joyce was running it at the time, so I joined the original radio club, where we did some sort of interviews and stuff, but nothing really came together, and sort of, as the years have gone on I've sort of built up Radio Club now with um, Mr Dixon and we have I don't know ten, 10 members kind of yeah and what year are you both in we're in year 10 year 10 so this is a good year for you guys to get involved and really sort of take ownership of the podcast now yeah it's a good time to like come together and we can get like our names out there as well and what are you hoping to achieve with the podcast 
Uh, to show what we do uh, around school and maybe get it out to the public and um, for other people in the school to know what is happening in school. And uh, both of you, what experience have you got with, with radio? So I, like I say, when I started, I didn't have any experience, but I, uh, I learned how to use the, the radio station sound desk, which is in the music block, and I have u- uh, learned to use the X32 mixing desk which is uh, Mr Ridley's, the studio manager's. I've learnt how to do like, lots of interviews and how to ask questions without actually reading them. And Well, I joined Shine Radio and I did lots of diary entries during lockdown, but that's sort of about it. And how have you used your experience from Shine Radio here at the school? Um, well, not only did I do the diary entries, I did lots of interviews, so I brought my sort of knowledge from the interviews I did at Shine Radio into TPS. Now, Ollie, you seem very enthusiastic about the sort of behind-the-scenes side of radio, the technical side of things. Is that something you're interested in as a potential career? Yes, I'd like to be a sound engineer for, like, live events or radio or, yeah, things like that. And you're obviously getting some good experience here. Yes, definitely at the studio, yeah. So do you help out with the, the events here at the school as well? Yes, yeah, I'm a student technician, so I help out with pretty much all of the events that go on at the studio. And how did it feel then to hear your very first perfect sound, the perfect sound, which I'd like you to explain where the name came from as well. But how did, first of all, how did it make you feel to, to hear your first ever podcast? Uh, well, it was ca- quite, kind of nerve-wracking because it was, it was really loud and it was in front of a few people, like 50, 60 or so. Um, but it was, it was interesting to see people's reaction to it because they didn't really know that there was a radio club going on. So it was cool to see what people were like. And the name, where did the name come from? It's an acronym for uh, TPS, like the perfect sounds. Good name. And what support are you getting from the school? We use a lot of studio equipment for our recordings and stuff. And um, yeah, Mr Dixon is really good. He helps like plan everything. And yeah, he's really good as well. And so how many people are currently in the radio club at the moment? Uh, there's about... Ten of us, there's about six or so year tens, and then there's uh, a couple of year eights and a couple of year sevens that come in and join and help bring it all together. And would you like to recruit more people to get involved? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Nina, is this something you, you're looking as a career? That's a big question, Joff. Um, <laughs> it's definitely somewhere I can go into, and I, maybe, I would, maybe I can become like I don't know, a presenter or something, or an interviewer, um, but yeah. So, Nina, obviously, um, you work on Shine Radio. Have you ever thought about being a co-host on the Peapod? I can't say I have, but um, I think there was a few jokes going around when, like, one of, one of you two would be off, and it's like, oh, why don't it be, like, the Venice show or something? Well, I, I, have, I have suggested that many a time. Have you? Yeah. OK. I don't know who to, but uh, I think it would be a cracking idea. Mother and daughter leading the way. Oh, but Joff, it wouldn't be the same without you. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, you know, very, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, it's great so, to hear what you guys are doing. And what's, what plans have you got for episode two? Uh, we, have, uh, we have started to brainstorm some more ideas for interviews around the school, and uh, we're trying to put more music into it. So if anybody would like to, like to come forward with some of their music, it has to be original music, um, then it'll be good so we can have some more public sort of music. Do you mean music from students as well? Or, or just in general, just local music? Local music, yeah, local music, people, uh, students, but yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Ollie and Nina. Good luck with episode two. I can't wait to hear it. And perhaps you'd like to interview us uh, in a future episode. Oh, good corn, Joff. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. The P stands for Petersfield. I like going to the open air swimming pool and shopping. (laughs) The Peapod. And so we come to the end of this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thanks also to our guests, Sean Ridley, Ollie Mosley, Nina Venice, Susie Wilde and John Walker, as well as to the Scholastic team at Shine Radio who support the show and help to put it together. This week's music comes from local artist James Joe and here to stay. So from Joff and I this week, bye! bye.
a stick of dynamite Too hot to handle and now I can't look away Inside I scream and shout, outside I'm making excuses So I've always been keen on gardening, forever. Petersfield Gardening Royalty. Growing together on Shine Radio. Give it a go this year, you never know, and we're here on hand if you have any questions. Growing together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos. New every month and always online at shineradio.uk. 